Blog Talk Radio. And I I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today we have Lauren Holder on the show with us. Uh, We've kind of been doing these series ever since COVID-19 has hit, and uh, we started the series with talking with Terry Tempkin uh, last week about behaviors and and different things to help maybe ease some anxiety uh, with your loved one. Um, We followed that up with a show with Dr. Vicki Wheelock and Lisa Kerr from UC Davis, um, they talked a lot about um, medications, how you should get your refills, um, if you need medication adjustments, how you should go about that. They talked a little bit about video and telemedicine right now. Uh, they talked, of course, about uh, clinical trials and what's happening with that and if the clinics are open. Things more on the care side. And so today we are going to do a peer-to-peer uh, uh, radio show with Lauren and um, we're hoping to do a lot more of these because we know that we can get all the medical uh, professional help and we need that, but also some of the best support comes from our peers when living with HD um, because that is just that's where that's who knows the best. Those are the experts, our, our peers that are living it. So we are going to jump right into the show and we're going to talk about Lauren and what she's going to do uh, right now with her dad. So a little background, I'll let her tell the full background, but her dad is cared uh, by her mother. Um, her mother is her caregiver, but Lauren very much co-caregives with her mother because her mother also has um, other uh, compromised um, conditions that she's living with. So uh, they kind of co-caregive, but right now with COVID-19 and quarantines, and her father having other um, other uh, ish, uh, conditions besides Huntington's, Lauren can't see her dad. So they've had to figure out how to come together and uh, make some things easier on her dad and their family unit. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you very much. So let's just dive in and talk about what are you doing, first of all, to stay connected with your dad, because I have seen you two together, and you guys are very, very bonded. Yeah, so, um, and that's, you know, this is this is hard not being able to go over there or even take my kids over there because my dad is also used to seeing my my daughter three times a week um, mm-hmm. because um, mom and dad take care of her three days a week. And so uh, when COVID-19 started, um, I had to make the decision to um, not even take the kids over there um, because I work at a hospital and my fear was that I would somehow um, pass it on to mom and dad. 
Um, Dad is very high risk right now. Um, he not only does he have Huntington's, which complicates things, but um, he has uh, kidney failure, um, an end stage renal disease. So he's on dialysis, which um, if you do research, uh, it makes people on dialysis are at a very high risk of um, contracting COVID-19 and a much higher risk of dying from it. Um, on top of that, he is on anti-rejection medications. So um, that also, you know, he's immunocompromised. That also is really bad. So I, you know, just made the decision that we would not go over there whatsoever. Um, so in order to, you know, cope with that, basically I'm calling every day and I'm trying to talk. Dad has in the past had a hard time talking on the phone, but he's actually um, doing fairly well with it. And I try to talk to him about, um, you know, what's going on, how he feels, um, how dialysis is going, because he's pretty stressed out about having to go to dialysis during all of this. Um, we talk about weather. We talk about, um, you know, sports. Well, we were talking about sports. Uh, until now, there's there's not any. Um, <laughs> so right. it's different different subjects so we try to just kind of talk with each other and I call on a daily basis right now to do that yeah and um so do you find that when you're the to bring up subjects outside of COVID-19 because I'm sure he with his dialysis that he really wants to talk to you about going out and stuff I would assume yeah so um I try to bring up other things just because he um, right now with being so anxious over all of this, he, um, gets very, very agitated and, mm. um, he starts obsessing over like right now he'll, he'll obsess over his fistula site for dialysis. And he keeps thinking that something's wrong with it, even though the doctor has checked it multiple times and nothing's wrong with it. Um, you know, yesterday he said, uh, that he didn't want to go to dialysis because he took the bandage off and there was a little blood. And he said, oh, I'm bleeding. I don't, you know, I don't want to go to dialysis. But it's because he's anxious about going. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to talk to him about other stuff. Um, you know, I'll talk to him about what the kids are doing or uh, we'll talk about, we will talk about politics, but we don't, I don't specifically COVID-19. Um, we'll talk about mom in her family or, um, you know, just something other than than what's going on right now to kind of get him distracted from everything. Because, as you know, with having Huntington's, he tends to get super fixated. And so he's really fixated on the news um, and not, sure. not really changing the channel right now. So he's also very anxious That's and agitated hard. from that. Right. And it's so hard, I think, because I, I, you know, I've done these a couple of shows and, and they've talked about a lot about the news and, and kind of breaking that down and, and, and taking it away. And it's so, it's so interesting because how do you do that um, without being, feeling guilt or, or mean that you're taking something away that they're, that, you know, you, you never want to make them feel like you're, um, like you're quote unquote mothering them. 
right? Like I can watch TV. I'm a grown man, you know? Um, right. So I think that was always hard with Mike. It was like, you know, he's a grown man. I'm not going to treat him as he's not. Um, and so I think it would be really hard. But then I think that we've, with Mike, I didn't have to live this, so I don't know. But I think with Mike, it would have to be a lot of distractions, like a lot of like, okay, let's turn this off and let's watch something else. Or I really want to watch this. Will you watch this with me instead? You know, things like that, because I can, I know when Mike wanted to watch something and he started to perseverate on something, he couldn't, it it was a loop. He couldn't get out of his loop. Um, Right. Totally not his fault, but he couldn't. Um, So that would be rough right now with the news, especially once they get stuck on it. Um, because well, and it was reality, it was so much all, easier. Right? Um, yeah. It was so much easier when Zoe was going over there because we could use the excuse that Zoe needed to watch cartoons or you know something mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. other than the news. And it you know now she's not over there, so he doesn't really have something else to to fixate on other than the news, and that's what he keeps it on. Um, I'm sure that, you know, mom is trying to get him to change the channel some, but she's also fixated on it, which is hard because she's worried. So, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. when, yeah, that's when what all I mean. this we are is going too. on. Yep. And, yeah. So it's just difficult and that's, it's hard to navigate. Um, like you said, not mothering, um, but also saying, okay, well, this is enough. We need to kind of decompress for a little bit. And I think, um, yeah. you know, personally, it, it causes a lot of anxiety for me to look at all that's going on right now. So I noticed sure. yesterday, um, like, I didn't watch any news yesterday. Um, and I didn't specifically search out any articles or anything like I have been because I needed a break because I was having anxiety attacks. So that's something to remember as a caregiver, too. Like, we need to distance ourselves so we're not getting so anxious that it's making our loved ones anxious. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, because if I'm really anxious about it, it's going to come off every time I talk to dad. So I've got to be careful yeah. with that too. Yeah, exactly. It was so interesting. I, I, I stopped watching the news for one day and I went out and I, I pulled weeds in my backyard and I, I was just like, I need fresh air. I need to get away from it all. So I did that. And, it was like so interesting because that night I was like, I don't feel like the world's like coming to an end, right? Like it was like, you know, the news had me so on like completely wound up and I was like, oh, okay. It's today is a, is a good day. And the only thing that I eliminated was, was the news. You know, I think we need to stay informed of course, so we know how to, how to protect ourselves, how to shelter in place, how to social distance. Like we need to keep ourselves informed so we aren't, we're, we're helping solve the problem, not creating more of a problem. But I also think that taking a break from it is okay right now, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So speaking about those kiddos, I know that your dad, that is his kind of world once he became a grandpa. So what are you doing to keep him involved with, with, um, with them? Um, when I have time, I'm trying to do FaceTime or Facebook Messenger, um, which my mom just figured out. So it's pretty interesting because um, they had no clue how to use Facebook Messenger and FaceTime and all of that stuff before sure. uh, COVID-19. And now all of a sudden they're learning how to use it. So it's really funny to see them on there. But um, 
but usually that's what we'll do is we'll just FaceTime and because um, Zoe, you know, loves seeing them and and she's now talking. So, like, she'll say hi and she just started saying I love you and uh, and stuff. So it's really nice to be able to do that, especially for my mom who, you know, was watching her three days a week and now she can't and, you know, they both miss uh, seeing them, but I'm trying really hard to protect them. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately that means keeping the kids away. Yep. Yep. Um, what are you, so now your mom, cause you were going over there, they were watching the kids and also you were helping your mom, especially when she got sick. Cause she, she's, she has uh, conditions of her own, compromising conditions of her own. So now she is the sole caregiver. So what are you mm-hmm. doing to help support her from a distance? Yep. So mom has congestive heart failure. She had a heart attack and had quadruple bypass surgery. So she has a lot of her own issues. Um, but um, so what I'm doing right now, especially as guardian, is I'm making the phone calls for appointments and trying to set up the telehealth visits and the difficulty Mm -hmm. I've run into there is a lot of dads, doctors aren't doing telehealth. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm having to call the offices and explain like he doesn't need to be going out. Is there a way that we can set up, you know, a phone visit or something else so he doesn't have to come in. And it's weird for me because where I work, all of us, like all of the doctors have gone to telehealth. Um, Right. So the fact that dad's doctors haven't is a bit bizarre to me, um, but they yeah. haven't. So right now um, it's a lot of making phone calls to try to get them to do something other than a physical visit. Um, his psychiatrist has been real good about working with us in that area, and she's doing a phone visit for us um, because of COVID-19. And, I mean, that's huge because of dad um, being more anxious. So we're, you know, trying to find out if we need to up his medication, if we can get something for breakthrough anxiety like Xanax or Ativan uh, to kind of help mm-hmm. while we're dealing with all of this. So the psychiatrist has been really good. We've run into some issues with the primary care physician, unfortunately. Um, mm. And we haven't had to do a uh, visit with neurology yet, but I'm hoping by that point they will have telehealth available. Um, but yeah, it's a lot yeah. of phone calls to, you know, cause he's, he has additional medical problems. So we, we have multiple doctor's visits. Um, so yeah, a lot of phone calls to make appointments and try to get everything switched over. Um, our rule is the only thing he's allowed to leave the house for is dialysis. And he does that three times a week. So that's a lot. When you think about it, most people aren't leaving their house. They, you know, at all, or maybe once a week, that's a, that's a lot to have to go out. Um, have you seen that when he goes to dialysis, has your mom said, uh, seen that they have taken any precautions for people that are going out like that? You mean at the dialysis center? Yeah, because I'm wondering what they're doing with, because I, I haven't been in a clinic, right, the, the HD clinic. Um, I'm just wondering what they're they're doing to keep patients. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're saying social distancing and things like that. but Right. So at the dialysis center, what they're doing is they're not letting um, anybody come in into their waiting room. So you have to wait out in, in your vehicle. Um, 
and they'll come out, like you call them, and they'll bring out a wheelchair and take the patient back to um, their station. Uh, and the visitor, so some people actually have a visitor that stays with them for the whole three to four hours that they're there, and they're not allowing that right now, um, or they're making that person go wait out in their car for the three to four hours. Um, so, right. you know, they're they're just trying to make sure that nobody is around other people. They're spacing out the... Um, the stations more too, the dialysis stations, so they meet the requirements of that six feet apart and also uh, less than 10 people. Um, for I know at the hospital, we are really, really picky on, um, like, it can't be any visitors unless you're here, unless you're there for a, a baby. And then they're allowing two mm-hmm. visitors, but it's only for the duration of the visit. You can't switch out with anybody. You can't be in a waiting room. You have to stay in the room with the patient. And we're screening people for COVID-19. If you've tested positive, if you have any symptoms, you cannot come into the hospital whatsoever. So they're allowing uh, one visitor to come with the patient, uh, and that's it. And I know they're working really hard to not have people in the waiting rooms as well. Yeah. So I know that the reason why I asked that was obviously more uh, for the clinical trials is what my brain was kind of going to um, on how they're going to handle, you know, uh, the way, well, way we just did a show. So they they told us how they're handling it and they're not, they're actually not doing trial right now in the U.S. It's concluded and they're waiting. So we know that 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 isn't something, but obviously the Roche uh, Genentech trial is still um, ongoing right now. So Obviously, those are like, how are they handling it? Um, and I'm sure that the the interesting thing was this is a uh, this is unprecedented uh, territory we're in. So really, it's probably changing. I'm sure you're seeing this in the hospital. It's changing day by day. Like things are things are oh, changing yeah. and different protocols are changing. Yeah. So, Absolutely, okay. it changes well, every single day. They they update um, us every single day on new restrictions on how we're supposed to be wearing. If, uh, you know, if we're dealing with a certain group of people, we're supposed to wear a mask. Other times we don't wear a mask when we're supposed to be wearing gloves. I mean, they share all of that information with us at the hospital as to how we're supposed to deal with stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I take all of that with me when I leave the hospital and remember it when I deal with dad, too. And I tell mom, you know, okay, you need to make sure that he wears a mask, being that he's high risk. Um, but also make sure that he's not touching the mask. You know, all of those things that they tell us, I try to report back to her so she has an idea of how to kind of handle things. Yeah, for sure. Well, my last final question uh, before we wrap the show is, let's talk about is there anything, I think the biggest thing that we're worried about, obviously, with our, our HD loved ones is no one wants to feel anxiety and, and irritability and all this. These are uncomfortable, horribly uncomfortable so what is there anything that you guys are finding you're doing with uh, your dad to bring down his anxiety right now? Um, so the one thing that I am going to try, and I just actually ordered it, um, is virtual reality. And you can actually get uh, a really cheap virtual reality headset off of Amazon uh, for your phone. And uh, I figure this would be a perfect time to set up Google Earth VR on the phone and um, – let dad basically go to a place that he may not ever be able to go to. So, um, Mm, you know, and it's good for mom too. Yeah. Yeah. So 
because obviously he's tired of being in the house and um mm-hmm. so he he wants to be able to get out but he can't and so i figured the best way to do that is and to get him off of watching the news as well is to do this virtual reality thing i bought a headset on amazon for 30 bucks um that works with my phone and um my goal is to be able to go over there and and do that for him um you know, I'm a bit nervous about going, but if I have like a weekend where I'm not at the hospital or whatever, um, and kind of just really disinfect everything and, and I don't take the kids, I'm hoping I can just go over there and do that for him. Or uh, yeah. I'll go ahead and get him his own phone, and that way he has the virtual reality headset. Um, yeah. But that's kind of what we're doing right now is we're using the phone as virtual reality headset. The other thing that I found, though, you can actually find these these VR headsets that you don't need a computer or anything, um, and they're more expensive, but they're really, really cool. So um, it, it would be worth it. There are games on it and all kinds of things. Um, so, you know, if you have the money that you would buy a standalone, it's totally worth it. If not, you can always get a little cheap for your phone, and you would want to make sure that your phone's compatible because there's not all phones are compatible. Um, and then there are also these headsets that you um, just hook up to your computer and you can do it that way too, um, which are not very expensive. So we're going to try that and see how that's it works. A, yeah, that's a great idea. I just actually saw something on uh, the, you know, the Peloton is, is the big thing right now, right? People are doing it. I, I don't have a Peloton. I can't. I can't afford a Peloton. Like they're ridiculously expensive, but I just saw this thing that they did um, on Peloton and and how like the the they take you to another place, right? So they put it in front of your screen when you're walking on your treadmill or going on your bike or whatever, and you may be like walking through Paris or China or you know all these different places, and they talk about how it's bringing people's anxiety down because they're doing tests on it during their exercise or whatever. So I think that that would be really interesting to see um, going, putting them in another place, a beautiful place that they've always wanted to visit, which is sad that you just said this, but they may not be able to ever. They may right. never get that to that place. Um, but virtually taking them there. I, I'm a big fan of AI and virtual reality right now because I think it can really help in a lot of different ways um, for our, especially our community who is, who is very much living in isolation most of the time, especially towards end of life. So, um, well, and that's exactly yeah. it, you know, especially for anybody who's in isolation, it's VR, I think would be such a great thing in, um, in offering our Huntington patients so they can get away for a little bit. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it just makes sense to me. And when I, I was talking to my husband about it because my husband actually got to um, use one of those standalone sets uh, for a, a work thing. And he was just talking about how amazing and how realistic it is. And that's really what made me think about it. Like, oh, well, we should do this for dad so he could get away, like find uh, Google Earth VR will take you basically wherever you want to go on Earth. Um, right. And you, it's like you're there. So I, I was thinking, you know, that's perfect. And I think it'd be great for the Huntington yeah. community. Yeah, for sure. Definitely something we should look into more on how to support that. Um, 
So I think that is it. I know you are going off to work in the hospital. So um, be safe and be well. And um, yeah, any final thoughts before we jump off here? No, just know that I'm thinking of all of you guys. Um, You know, we're all kind of dealing with this. I try to stay active on Facebook. I may not be as active other than the the uh, show right now just because I'm trying to distance myself a little bit from all of the media stuff and kind of deal with my anxiety as well um, in this time. But I'm thinking of all of you guys. Yeah, for sure. That's smart. Self-care, my friend. Um, yes. So I think we could wrap up this show. Yeah, wrap up the show for now. Um, we are going to continue on um, going on. This is really, really cool for me because I'm thinking of upcoming radio shows, and luckily we have our producer on the show with us right now. Um, so I know we are going to talk do to more peer-to-peer at, um, radio shows about COVID-19 and how people are, are doing different things um, to support their loved one. Um, do we have any other shows on uh, lined up, Lauren, that we should talk about that are coming on? Yep, so COVID-19 shows, um, we actually have uh, somebody coming on uh, talking about her daughter being in a skilled nursing facility and um, not being able to go and see her during all of this. So uh, that will be coming up. Trey Gray will be coming up and talking about his foundation. Um, And I definitely want to get more people coming on talking about what they're dealing with with COVID-19 and just Huntington's in general. So reach out if you um, if you want to get on and talk about what's going on in your life. Yes, for sure. All right, and you could always contact Lauren um, at it's Lauren at HelpForHD.org um, to talk about the radio show. If you have ideas or if you want to be a guest or anything, please reach out to us. We uh, love to hear from our community and. We have a hard time saying no. We usually say yes for any topic that needs to be discussed. So reach out to us. Um, I think that is all for now. Now until next time, everyone stay safe and stay well, and we will we'll see you uh, next week. Thanks, Lauren. Take care. Yep, take care. Bye.